I'm returning again to Isaiah chapter 57 with God's word open before us this evening. Let us just for a few moments still our hearts before the Lord tonight, please. Our eternal heavenly Father, we do indeed rejoice and we thank thee tonight for that precious blood of our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. We thank thee for that sinless blood that was shed at Calvary, shed, shed, for sinners shed for me. And Father, we rejoice tonight that there's still power in that precious blood. We thank thee, O God, that still as sinners come and are cleansed through that precious blood, they are saved for now and for eternity. We thank thee, O God, for the old gospel message, a message that is old yet ever new. We thank thee, O God, for how Thou hast preserved it down through the years. I thank thee, Father, for how thou hast used it as thy means for drawing sinners to that faith in Jesus Christ. And Father, we pray tonight as thy word is opened again, as the gospel message goes forth once more. Father, we pray that as thy people you will warm our hearts, thrill our souls, O God, we plead, as we remember what Christ has done for us, as we remember how we have been saved from eternal damnation, saved from our sin. And Father, we rejoice tonight that we've been saved unto Jesus Christ, unto life eternal. Father, if there be any in our midst this evening or even watching online, live in the days ahead, as they sit under the message of the gospel, they must confess that they're outside of Christ. And Father, we pray tonight that even in the stillness, the meeting this evening, that thy spirit would strive on, that souls will be brought under conviction of sin, and men and women and young people will be drawn away from the lures of wickedness and of this world. And may they find life, life eternal in Jesus Christ tonight, we pray. Give help in the preaching of thy word, Father. We pray for that fresh and filling tonight of God the Holy Ghost, for that anointing, for the preaching of thy word. And Father, may everything that is done and said be for thy glory this evening, we pray. For it's in Christ's precious and worthy name we ask. Amen. The sea is perhaps one of the most colorful and one of the most diverse parts of God's creation. It's a habitat for countless numbers of species of sea-dwelling creatures. I remember uh, snorkeling on our honeymoon. It was 12 years ago now. It seems like such a long time uh, away uh, ago. Uh, but I remember snorkeling and I was amazed as I went underwater and just saw how full of life the ocean is. There were what could only be described as underwater cities. Uh, these islands of coral with hundreds and thousands of fish uh, swimming to and fro, all different types of life. Anything that you can name it was there, alive and thriving uh, beneath the ocean waves. It was like another world under the sea. Uh, most of the time, the ocean and the life uh, that it contains, of course, is uh, out of our sight and out of our minds as we live here on the land. We don't really often appreciate or realize or spend time thinking about God's creation in terms of the sea. Of course, the sea uh, is used for many things. It has many uses uh, today it is used for transportation. It has been uh, for almost the entire existence 
off the world. It is used to transport cargo around on massive cargo ships. It's used to transfer people on passenger ferries. It's also used for leisure. Many people own their own boats and jet skis. Many go on holidays aboard cruise ships. And it is used for leisure. Of course, the sea is also a source of food. It contains many different types of food. I'm sure a lot of us uh, tonight, enjoy a nice uh, fish supper, supper now and again, although with the cost of living and the price uh, that fish suppers have gone up to, maybe uh, we're not getting as many as we did before. But some of the world's finest delicacies come from the ocean. Think of caviar and mussels and lobster, and the sea is such a diverse part of God's creation. And of course, depending on where you are on earth, depending on the time of season, depending on the depth of water, depending on the type of water and what lies below the surface of the water, it can be a host of different colors, it can make a host of different noises, it can smell differently, and it's a wonderful part of God's created world. It's also part of God's creation that is used time and time again in Scripture as an illustration of spiritual truth. In the Old Testament, we see that the sea is mentioned. In the New Testament, it is mentioned there likewise, and even our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, used it to teach spiritual lessons. And as the sea is mentioned, whether the Old Testament or in the New, it is used to describe many different things or many illustrations given, many uh, pointers in the waters and many lessons that can be learned uh, from the ocean and from the sea. But one of these lessons And one of the purposes and one of the reasons that the sea is used in Scripture is to describe the spiritual condition of man. The sea is used to teach us what our hearts and what our souls are like before the Lord. Here before us in the Old Testament, in this prophecy of Isaiah, we have at the very end, verses 20 and 21, we have the unsaved described here as the troubled sea. Then, a little later on, we will turn, God willing, to the New Testament and we will see the life of the child of God with reference to the still waters. And so the sea is used to bring to our minds this great spiritual truth. And tonight we want to look at the sea in Scripture in relation to the saved and the unsaved. We want to take that subject, the troubled sea or the calm sea. And as we consider these two types of sea in relation to the spiritual condition of man, I want you to ask yourself tonight, and I want you to answer honestly before the Lord, is your soul as that troubled sea? Or tonight before the Lord, is it as that calm, still sea of peace? You see, the troubled sea and the calm sea, they're two different extremes. A body of water takes on a whole new character depending on whether it is troubled and calm. They look different. They sound different. They cause us to behave and to act differently. We will use the sea in different ways, depending on whether it is troubled or whether it is calm. But there is one thing that we can be certain about, that a particular body of water cannot be troubled and calm at the same time. It needs to be one or the other. Either we have a body of water that is troubled and stormy, or we have a body of water that is calm. They both cannot happen at the same time, and so too it is with the soul. Neither your soul tonight is as the troubled sea without Christ sinking deeper and deeper into sin, heading for a lost sinner's hell, or tonight your soul is as a calm sea. It is living in the peace of God. Through Jesus Christ, your sins are forgiven. 
your home in heaven is secure. And I wonder tonight, which is it for you? The very outset of the message. What is it for you tonight? Have you a troubled soul? Have you a soul that is calm through the peace of the Lord Jesus Christ? Notice firstly here the troubled see a picture of the wicked. Look at our text in Isaiah 57, the verses 20 and 21. And the word of the Lord says there, But the wicked are like the troubled sea. When it cannot rest, whose waters cast up mire and dirt. There is no peace, saith my God, to the wicked. And scripture here describes those who are unsaved, those who are unrighteous as the wicked. And they are described here, they are pictured in the troubled sea. And as I thought about that, I wondered, well, how are the unsaved like the troubled sea? What characteristics of the troubled sea, the stormy sea, are found in the heart and the soul of the one who is outside of Christ? And dear unsaved soul tonight, without Christ, these characteristics apply to your heart and to your soul. Notice firstly that the troubled sea is dirty. It is dirty. Look at what it says at the end of verse 20. Whose waters cast up mire and dirt. I'm sure you've all seen this as you've perhaps taken a long walk along the beach or beside the sea on a stormy and a wintry day and the sea is troubled and it is chopping to and fro. The waves are crashing onto the shore and all the while that that is happening, all the dirt and all the mire and all the filth that is lying on the bottom of the ocean, it is stirred up and it is brought to the surface and the water becomes full of dirt and full of filth. Oh, when the sea was calm on occasions in certain parts of the world, it can be crystal clear. Remember walking one time in water and you could see your feet as you walked. It was crystal clear. And it was so pure and clean. But when the water was troubled, when the stormy sea came, the dirt and the mire, it is stirred up. It brings a cloudiness. It brings a filth. No longer can you see anything in the water, the color changes from blue to a, a gray blackish color and it doesn't look pleasant at all and it takes on a whole different character as all the filth and the mire is stirred up. And this is how the soul of the wicked is described here. It's like that troubled sea whose waters cast up mire and cast up the dirt. If you're unsaved tonight, your soul is full of the dirt and the filth and the mire of sin. John Gill said, whose waters cast up mire and dirt from the bottom of the sea upon the shore. So the hearts of wicked men, having nothing but the mire and dirt of sin in them, cast out nothing else but the froth and foam of their own shame, blasphemy against God and malice against his people. And that's the picture of the sinner tonight on the outside. You might be claimed to be good living. You might be an upstanding citizen in society and the standards that are set by society and, and by your family and by your friends and, and by your colleagues, you might appear to be pure. You might appear to be good living. All might be well on the surface. You might do a lot of things that in and of themselves appear good and moral and, and show you as an upstanding citizen in society. But as you stand before God out of Christ, your soul is full of filth. It is full of the dirt and the mire of sin. As you stand before God tonight, you're a sinner through his holy eyes. Jeremiah 19 and the verse 9 tells us that the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? 
Dear friend, tonight, outside of Christ, you have a heart that is marred. You have a soul that is tainted with sin. It's a soul that is full of wickedness. And no matter how you look in the outward appearance, and no matter how you come across to your friends or to your community or to those even uh, that you come to church with, if you're outside of Christ tonight, your soul's like the troubled sea. It is full of mire and filth and dirt. I'm told in the word of God that all have sinned come short of the glory of God. We've broken the law of God. We're sinners in the eyes of God. As we stand tonight before a holy and just and righteous God, we fall so far short of his glory. And as God looks upon us, he sees the filth and the dirt and the mire of our soul. The wicked are like the troubled sea. Cast up the mire and the dirt. The troubled sea is dirty. Secondly, consider here how the troubled sea is dangerous. It's dangerous. In verse 20, we are told here that the troubled sea cannot rest. The troubled sea is constantly moving. There's a swell in the ocean. The waves are high and rolling over. And when they get high enough, they can encapsulate all that gets in beneath them. They swallow up anything that gets in their path. Because the troubled sea is moving, because there is no rest, then uh, when it gets to a certain stage, anything that is on that sea, anything that is in that sea, it becomes in a very dangerous and perilous position. It's being tossed to and fro. don't know if you've had an experience of being out on a boat before. I had one uh, quite some time ago, and it all seemed very calm. And it was nice when it was calm, and it was smooth sailing and all was well but then a storm came we had to get down into the depths of the boat for safety that boat was rocking to and fro you couldn't see much in front of you i don't know how they navigated the boat at all visibility had dropped and the sea became very dangerous of course that's evident in the fact that around the world there are organizations that are dedicated to sea rescues here we have the rnli and its purpose is to rescue those who get into trouble in the sea whether it is people in boats, whether it is those that have gone out swimming, uh, many have got into danger, many have got into trouble, and many sadly have lost their lives. And they have entered into a dangerous and into a perilous situation because the troubled sea is a dangerous place. And dear friend, tonight the wicked, sinful soul is in danger. Tonight as you stand outside, of Jesus Christ, as your soul is filled with the filth and the dirt and the mire of sin, your soul is in grave danger. To many tonight, that danger does not seem apparent. To many in our land this evening, they seem to ignore or have an ignorant, a blissful ignorance to the serious consequence that there is for their sin. They get on living their life and they go through with their wickedness and their sinful ambitions and they give no thought and no attention to the danger that their soul is in. Scripture tells us that the wages of sin is death. That's what we are owed for our death or for our sin. And time and time again in the word of God and Scripture it warns of the danger that the wicked soul faces. It warns of the peril that your soul is in tonight outside of Christ. Isaiah 59, the verse 2 says, But your iniquities have separated between you and your God, and your sins have hid his face from you that he will not hear. It's true of this 
time and also of eternity. Romans 5 and the verse 12 tells us, Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned, and your sin is bringing you death. Yes, it brings physical death. That's maybe the obvious one. That's the thing that we're reminded about so often today. But it will bring a spiritual death. It will bring a casting from the presence of God for all eternity. Casting away from God with no hope of salvation, no hope of God's grace ever visiting your soul. A casting from the presence of Almighty God and a casting in to the eternal torment of hell. And your soul tonight, it's in a dangerous position. Proverbs 14, the verse 12, reminds us very clearly that there's a way which seemeth right unto man, but the end thereof for the ways of death. There are many tonight in the land and they think they're living the right way. They're maybe living life through their good works. Maybe they're depending on their church attendance. Maybe they're depending on what they give to charity or or what they do to those around them. But tonight, if you're outside of Christ, if your way is not the way of the cross, then you're heading to a lost sinner's hell. The end thereof for the ways of death. Speaking of the wicked in Matthew 25 in the verse 46, Christ says, And these shall go away into everlasting punishment. Dear friend, tonight the gospel makes it clear that your soul is in danger. Just as that one who is caught up in the waves and the swell of that troubled sea, how their life is in danger, they're in peril. Tonight your soul is in peril. One day you will stand before God as judge. It is appointed on man once to die, but after this, the judgment. And God's not going to ask about your good works. He's not going to ask how many times you attended the house of the Lord. He's not going to ask what your friends thought about you or how high you climbed your career ladder. But he will ask what you've done with Christ. Have you prepared for eternity? Are your sins forgiven? Oh, if you've rejected Christ, if in this life you've never rested on him, and him alone for the salvation of your precious, never-dying soul, you'll be lost for all eternity. Don't be deceived with the message of the world tonight, dear friend. Your soul is in danger. There's a great peril that your soul is in. The troubled sea, it is dirty, it is dangerous. Then thirdly, here we see the troubled sea is disturbed. It is disturbed. Verse 21, there is no peace, saith my God, to the wicked. Mentioned how the troubled sea does not rest. There's no peace in it. It's troubled. It's disturbed. So it is with the sinful soul, that soul that is outside of Christ. There is no true, genuine, lasting peace. Many today, of course, are going through life and they're looking for peace within. They're looking for contentment. They're looking for rest. They're looking for something that will satisfy the longing that they have within them. And yet it cannot be found in the things of the world. It cannot be found in their good works. Drunkard longs for more drink. They're unsatisfied. The drug addict looks for the next high because they're unsatisfied. The gambler waits for the next pay packet so that they can gamble it away again. They're unsatisfied. 
And we can see it all around us in society today. People have more material things than they ever have. There are more entertainment venues. There are more pleasure crazes than there ever has been. And yet we live in a world and a society that is full of people who are not at peace. They're not content, but they're restless. And their souls are troubled. And that peace that they're longing for and that peace that they're searching for, it has not been found. And they're searching and they're searching to fill a void in their heart and their soul, and yet their search is endless and they never find peace in the things of the world. In fact, their soul only becomes more troubled. Cannot find peace in the things of this life. Let me tell you this, if you enter into God's eternity without Christ, you'll never find peace. You'll have no peace for all eternity. Be cast from the presence of God, the wrath, of God will trouble your soul, your body for all eternity. There'll be no peace, no rest. Wonder tonight, do you have a troubled soul? Are you truly content and at peace as you make your way through your life, as you lay your head down in the pillow to sleep at night? Are you at peace? Are you content? Or I wonder tonight, as you think about your heart and your soul, as you think about your state before the Lord. Are you troubled this evening? Are you, are you longing for peace? As you search your heart, do you know what it is to be at rest in Jesus Christ? Oh, if you're without the Savior, you cannot have true peace. You're like this troubled sea, it's disturbed. There's no peace, saith my God, to the wicked. You'll have no peace in this life. You'll have no peace in eternity. Resting in Jesus Christ alone, that's what brings peace to the soul. It's what brings peace to the life. Those that are resting in Jesus Christ alone. The wicked are like the troubled sea. It is dirty. It's disturbed. Then, notice secondly this evening, the calm sea. And how it is a picture of the righteous. You see, if the troubled sea is a picture of the soul of the wicked, those without Christ, then... It is only logical for us to think tonight, well, the calm sea is a picture of the opposite. It's a picture of the soul of the righteous. It's a picture of the soul that is trusting in Jesus Christ for salvation. You see, that tells us tonight that there's a deliverance from the troubled sea. You can be delivered tonight in terms of your soul from that trouble and that uh, disturbing uh, nature of your soul. And you can be brought into the calmness and the peace that is found in the Savior. As the troubled sea in this life can settle and calm, so can your soul tonight. Think firstly about the deliverer. Turn with me, please, to Mark chapter 4. The deliverer. There's only one way. There's only one person that can calm your troubled soul this evening. Mark chapter 4 and the verses 35 down through to 41, they give us details of the miracle of Jesus Christ calming the storms, a well-known portion of scripture. Christ's disciples were in the boat with Christ. They were passing to, over to the other side of the Sea of Galilee, but then there came a great storm. And we read here in Mark chapter 4 how there were strong winds, the waves beat into the ship. This was the troubled sea that we've been considering in Isaiah chapter 57. It was a a sea that was not at rest. It was a sea that was not at peace. 
It was a sea that brought danger. I'm sure you know the account well of how Christ, he was sleeping in that boat in the midst of the storm. Christ's disciples, they were beginning to panic. They were afraid for their lives. They were worried about perishing and not making it to the other side of Galilee. And so they woke up the Savior. And then we read this in verse 39. And he arose, that is Christ, and rebuked the wind and said unto the sea, Peace be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. Christ calmed the storm. He brought peace to the sea. It became still. Christ alone could perform such a miracle. Christ alone has the power and the authority that the sea obeys his very words. And tonight, dear sinful soul, Christ alone can calm your troubled soul. Christ alone can deal with your sin. Christ alone can bring peace and joy and a contentment to your heart and your soul for this life and for your eternity. Was your soul troubled tonight? Are you tormented in your sin? Are you heading to a lost sinner's hell? Are you restless? Do you realize the danger and the peril that you're in? Oh, tonight Christ is the only one that can deliver you. Christ is the only one that can bring a calm and a peace to your soul. Oh, you could try all the remedies that the world has to offer. You could read all the self-help, feel-good books that you can get your hands on. You could try to mask trouble of your soul with drink and drugs, with a social life, whatever else. None of it will bring a lasting peace to your soul. None of it will deal with your sin. Christ alone tonight is what you need. I wonder, do you know him? It's your own and personal Savior. Oh, dear unsaved friend, tonight do not waste your life searching for peace and contentment in the things of the world. Do not chase after the remedies that this world would seek to offer to you because you'll never find the peace. Come to Christ tonight. He's the only giver of peace. Christ came to seek and to save that which was lost. We've been thinking recently about Christ coming into this scene of time and he came to redeem his people from their sin. He shed his blood on Calvary. He became the great substitute for sinners. He bore the wrath of God, not for any sin of his own, for he is the one who knew no sin. But he bore the wrath of God for sinners. He became a sacrifice for our sin, a sin, the sin of the wicked. Dear friend, if you come to Christ tonight and place your faith and trust in him, you will receive a peace and a calmness in your soul that can be found in no one else, the deliverer. Then finally tonight we see the deliverance. What does it mean to trust in Jesus Christ? What does it bring to your soul? Well, firstly, there must be a cleansing thought about how the troubled sea was full of dirt and full of mire and how that is like the sinful soul. But think about the water that is still and calm. We mentioned it earlier, how it can be crystal clear. It is pure and clean. And that's what happens to the soul who trusts in Christ for salvation. No longer do they have the filth and the dirt and the mire of sin marring and tainting their soul, but they're cleansed in the blood of Christ. Isaiah 1 Verse 18, a wonderful portion 
verse of God's word, it says, Come now, and let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as will Christ invites you tonight to come to him for peace. Christ has dealt with the sin of his people at Calvary. He took the punishment. He bore the wrath of God. He paid that price. He dealt with the consequence of sin for his people. And that means that the sinner tonight who bows the knee to Christ, who flees from their sin and believes on Jesus Christ, that that sin is dealt with in the Savior. It has been covered by his precious blood. Their soul and their heart is cleansed. Their sin is removed as far as the east is from the west. And they're clothed in the righteousness of Jesus Christ. As God looks upon the sinner saved by grace, he no longer sees the dirt and the mire and the filth and the mark of sin, but he sees the perfect holiness of his Son. Lord Jesus Christ, there's a cleansing. Then we see in this deliverance that there's a calming. So we think about this portion of Mark chapter 4 of Christ calming the storm. This is what we read off at the end of verse 39. It says, And there was a great calm. Christ said to the water, Peace, be still. His word was fulfilled. The sea obeyed his voice. It experienced a peace. It was still, oh, that which once was raging. That which once was restless, that which once was troubled, that which once was stirring up all the dirt and the mire, that which once was causing a danger and a peril to those that were in that boat as they tried to pass across the Sea of Galilee, all of a sudden it became still, it was calm. Dear unsaved soul, when a sinner is saved, there's an overwhelming peace, the stillness that enters in. To the soul. It's a peace that I cannot explain to you tonight. You need to experience it yourself. It's a peace that no matter what you face in this life, whether times of trouble and heartache, or whether times of joy, it's a peace that is always there in the very depths of your heart and soul. It's a contentment in the things of God. Contentment in Jesus Christ the Savior. Not only that, it's not only a peace for this scene of time, but it's a peace for all eternity. I wonder tonight, do you know that peace? Or is your soul, is that troubled sea, is it troubled tonight? Is it casting up all the filth and the mire and the dirt of sin? Are you restless? Are you troubled? Oh, there's so many tonight in the world and they're troubled. And they're restless. They have no peace. Wonder are you amongst them this evening? Is your soul a troubled soul? Is it raging like that troubled sea? Oh, friend, tonight I encourage and urge and exhort you to come to Jesus Christ. He's the only one that can calm the storm in your soul. He's the only one that can cleanse you from your sins. The only one that can give you peace. And I trust and pray tonight, if you know him not as your Savior, you would flee from your sin. That you will flee from your wickedness. That you would leave the things of the world behind. You would stop looking for peace and contentment in the things of the world. And you would come to Jesus Christ tonight. Simply come 
that childlike faith, come as you are. Christ doesn't ask you to come to him after having come to church so many times or after having been baptized or after having cleaned up your life. You're to come as you are. Flee to Jesus Christ tonight. You rest upon him and him alone. And only in him alone will you find that peace, that calm for your troubled soul. I trust and pray tonight in our Savior's name that you would come and place your trust in him and know what it is to have and to experience sins forgiven in Jesus Christ alone. May the Lord bless his word to your hearts this evening for his own name's sake. The hymn number 200. And 27, 227, page 268, is there a heart that is waiting, longing for pardon today, hear the glad message proclaiming Jesus is passing this way. We'll sing verse 1 and verse 4 in the choruses standing together as we sing 227 please. for our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. We thank thee for that one who brings that peace and that contentment to the heart and to the soul. We thank thee, O God, for that one that cleanseth us from all sin for now and for eternity. And, O God, we plead tonight, if there be any in our midst or watching online, and their soul and their heart is troubled, and they're overcome with their sin and the filth and the mire of wickedness. Father, they're restless and they're looking for peace in the things of the world. Father, we pray tonight that they would turn from their sin. They would turn from the things of this wicked world. They would look upon the face of the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. They would rest in him alone tonight. And may they receive that great promise of the gospel that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall Father, we pray you'll part us this evening with thy presence. Bring us to our homes in safety. Be with us throughout this incoming week. Help us in all that we would have to do. May we bring honor and glory to thy name. Be with us as we gather in our congregations for 
Our week of prayer, Father, we pray for thy presence. We pray for thy blessing. We pray, O God, for the moving of the Lord. We pray for the stirring of God, the Holy Ghost, in our hearts and in our souls. We pray for an awakening and a reviving. O God, that thou would be pleased to come and to pour out thy blessing upon us, we pray. Bring us home safely now and be with us until we would meet again. For it's in our Saviour's precious and worthy name we ask. Amen. Thank you.